Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is June 3rd, 2022. Um, shout out to the first of the month. It's the first of the month, even though it's the third. But, you know, close enough, right? Um, let's see. Let's talk about me. Um, <laughs> uh, this week wasn't the greatest week for me, let's say mentally. Other than that, like it was good, but a little bit of the mopey mopes. Um, but... Overall, it was good. Um, I took a little bit of a mental health day today. Figured, hey, while I'm at it, let's go ahead and get this podcast in there. Um, also, I ate some good food. I made it. Um, I made uh, chicken and waffles with bacon and then a bagel, bacon, ham, turkey sandwich. So, threw down a little bit, a little bit. Oh, with um, tater tots. So yeah, we made that happen. Yes. Um, let's see, TV Corner, because I actually uh, watched a lot of TV for the vibes. Plus it was just like, you know, new shit dropping. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I watched my first episode of Love, Death, and Robots. Um, I kept seeing like clips and memes, or not so much memes, but like, like pictures or drawings for the Jabaro episode. And it did not disappoint. Very cool. Um, I'm going to try to hopefully get into the series and watch, like, maybe just some key episodes. Since they're so random, like, every episode's different, like, I kind of would rather, you know, kind of crowdsource and see what's the best episodes and watch those. Um, And then maybe if I get into the series, I'll stick to it and watch it all. Um, Let's see. What else? Um, I need to watch Kenobi. but I'm going to let those episodes stack up. Um, plus the Disney Plus isn't mine, and I don't really feel like using it sometimes. <laughs> but, um, we'll see. I'm, I'm gonna hopefully try to get into the Kenobi series, because, one, I like Ewan McGregor. Two, I actually love Hayden Christensen. I will say it, uh, time and time again, that he was good as Vader. He was good as Anakin. Y'all just didn't like the story. Um, but, yeah, I'm gonna get into that. Uh, let's see, what else did I watch? Uh, Stranger Things, that was big, that was big, that was big. Uh, I know that came out, I think, last week, but, um, you know, I'm kind of slow to get into the TV. I figured I'd take the time to watch some stuff. Um, binged it all, <laughs> uh, like, two days, I think. Uh, very good, not disappointing. Uh, I kind of wanted it, I was telling someone, I would really wanted Stranger Things to just kind of be over at the third one. It was fine, like, it was a good season. I, uh, just didn't really um, feel the need to continue anymore. Like, it seemed like the kids were kind of aging out of the show. Like, they're not, like, you know what I mean? They don't look like little kids anymore. They're not gonna be in high school. Like, how is it still gonna be in the eight? Like, I don't know. It felt weird. But, I will say, season's very good. Loved it. Uh, granted, this is part one. What is it? Part two comes out in July. So, yeah, I'm gonna be ready for that. Um, let's see. What else? I got one more thing. The boys... I woke up this morning and then realized that the boys had dropped. So I was like, okay, let's watch the first episode. Turns out they had that three episodes. So I watched all those today. Uh, very cool. Um, I literally like jumped out of my skin in the first like five minutes. Because I, I always hate the gore of the show, but it's just so good. And it doesn't matter how visceral it is. It is still cool. Um, and the scenes are just wild. So, um, highly recommend all of those. Go watch them. Come talk to me about it. Um, yeah, I'm getting back into TV, maybe. I don't know. At least for right now. Um, 
you know, for the moods. Uh, let's see, let's see. We talked about food, we talked about TV, talked about me. Uh, <laughs> um, we can get into some news now. Um, there's a decent amount. I don't know if I'm even going to get through all of my stuff. I mean, obviously there's, you know, the Sunday episode, but like, I don't know, something kind of feels a little time sensitive, you know, and I kind of want to cover it right up front, but you know, we'll, we'll get through what we can get through today. Um, wanted to update on Ukraine. Um, I think today officially marks, uh, I believe I got this from the BBC is officially the hundredth day of the invasion. Um, so that's, you know, it's pretty big, kind of like seeing where we're at. Um, you know, it's crazy that they've went from like saying like, we all thought like, okay, once the invasion happened and they had gotten to Kiev of, you know, it kind of is like really looking dark, you know, like we didn't know how things were going to go. We didn't know if we were really just marching into World War Three. Um, but, you know, they failed to capture the city, you know, definitely seemed like, you know, things were scaling back. You know, um, definitely seemed like as well over time, Russia's kind of changed how they wanted to approach this war. Um, and it's seemingly like it's bearing fruit. Um, I know we've talked about Mariupol lately, the Donbass region. Um, so, I mean, with Mariupol, it's definitely not looking too great. I heard about this today from the BBC podcast that, um, like they're in the situation of trying to replace the you know city officials and stuff like that with like Russian leaning ones or just like um, if you don't comply with what they want then like there's allegedly like execu- executions and stuff so I mean that's not good. Um, I've also heard of the tactic of like them wiping out area and then replacing that area with like Russian peoples. And, you know, Russian favoring peoples and just working with that and calling it a day. Um, So that's kind of a fear that that's going to be the campaign across the whole eastern region. Um, And I think Zelensky came out and said that a fifth of the country has been taken by Russia now, um, which is 20 percent. You know, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, Ukraine is a big area. Uh, it's a lot of space, but it is saying something when your goal is to push the the Russians back, you know, in the op, you know, the best case scenario and get your territory back. So, you know, it's definitely not looking good for the invasion in that regard. I mean, either way, I mean, obviously Russia is burning a lot of money, uh, not making many friends, but at the same time, you know, they aren't seeming on stopping. So you know, this invasion can go longer and longer and longer. We, there's just no really seemingly end in sight. You know, <laughs> hopefully, you know, peace talks will come and, you know, we'll be at that point someday. But, you know, it could easily just be like a situation where it's like Palestine and Israel, you know, and these people are just fighting and fighting and fighting. And then we're funding it and doing all this and that, trying to like buoy it because it's kind of like our proxy thing, our proxy war, if you will. Um but yeah, we can get into the title of this article. Uh, Sieverdonetsk mayor says Russian forces seize half of city. So kind of just, you know, talking about the focus on the eastern half of the region. Um, they've been making what has been called a frenzied push to seize, to seize half of Sieverdonetsk. Um, and I mean, it's just kind of key to kind of locking up the Donbass region. Um which is really sad. Um, let's see. They got some more stuff here. The, what is it? I think it was the city. Oh, it was the mayor. Um, 
He said, heavy street fighting continued and artillery barrages threatened the lives of the estimated 13,000 um, civilians still sheltering in the ruined city that once was home to more than 100,000. Um, also, it said that some Russian airstrikes um, hit a tank of nitric acid at a chemical factory, and this caused, like, huge fumes. Um, so, I mean, there's been a lot of damage in the region. It definitely seems like, at the end of the day, Russia really doesn't care about, like, maintaining any of the infrastructure. If they have to level an area, they'll do it if they can take it. It's about claiming it. Um, which is really hard, then, you know, for the, you know, the Ukrainians, because you're naturally trying to defend this position, but at the same time, if they are focusing this hard on it, then you really do have to start thinking about, well, we should retreat, you know, we should refocus and maybe try to hold up in other areas, maybe in time we can come back and try to take it, but, you know, there's just not a point in really wasting. Now, granted, of course, not like I'm some military strategist, you know, I'm just kind of speculating and going off of what I hear. Um, Let's see... That's more or less what I wanted to talk about there in terms of on the ground stuff. Um, let's see some other news. U.S. sends rocket systems to Ukraine to stall Russian advance. Um, let's see, the U.S. on Wednesday unveiled a new... Also, I got this from Yahoo News, both of them. Uh, the other was AP, both AP, yeah. Uh, the U.S. on Wednesday unveiled a new $700 million package, $700 million package of sophisticated weapons for Ukraine in an urgent effort to prevent Russia from seizing the final swaths of land in the Donbass region. Um, it'll take about three weeks. Uh, let's see. They didn't specify the amount of rockets they gave, like the missiles, but I think they gave like six of the systems. And I believe they're like medium range. Uh, I think initially there was talks of like the Ukrainians wanted longer range weapons because that's what Moscow is using. And they're pretty much able to, since it's like, right on their border, like, they're just able to fire in there and just just rain, like, you know, hailfire on on Ukraine, on the areas of Ukraine they're trying to hit, and there's not much that the Ukrainians really do to combat that, so this is hopefully going to be something that helps. They wanted something that was going to be a little bit more long-range, I believe, but um, I guess, you know, the administration, whatever, was just like, well, we don't want to, like, once, like, they once again kind of did the thing where they're, like, trying to compromise so they aren't, quote-unquote, fueling World War Three. But you're still giving away weapons like this. Um, naturally, Russian officials were not, like, soaked about this. Um, but, yeah, let's see. They call it the HIMAR system. Um, and it does require, like, you know, training, obviously, to use it. It's something you can just pick up and, and use, from some quick tutorial, like, you know, like a YouTube situation, so they had to be trained, which is also an, an issue, too, where it's like, you have to, you know, get the equipment to these people, or get the people to the equipment one way or another to learn how to use it, then send the equipment to them, then, you know, the people can train more people, hopefully, and, I mean, it's just a whole time thing, and when you're in a situation where you're constantly in battle, I can imagine that's not easy. Um, it's a lot of juggling, um, and they're constantly needing more and more weapons. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure this isn't going to be the last of the support packages that we're going to be sending. Um, I'm sure this is going to be a long, you know, ongoing thing, but, uh, just wanted to cover it, give a little update, you know, um, and then last but not least for the Ukraine Russia stuff, uh, I got this from the NPR, uh, the EU will block most uh, Russian oil imports as Hungary's 
Orban fights off a total ban. Um, so essentially, long story in this article, um, this is our sixth sanction package. Uh, it is more or less going to stop 90% of the oil that is being shipped, I believe, between, you know, obviously America's more or less tried to cut theirs off and wean theirs down. Um, but like from the EU, um, this is more or less focused for that. Um, so by the end of the year, 90%. Now, the 10% that's going to be remaining is still going to be oil that's going to be shipped to Hungary. And that's more or less a holdout clause for Orban. Um, he is a president. He just got recently reelected. Um, a Putin ally. Uh, a very staunch conservative. I listened to, I believe, a Vice article where he did um, uh, some, it's like a Republican convention. I should remember, I guess, like kind of like a CPAC or something like that. But like a big Republican thing. You know, Donald Trump has talked there, big Republican names. But they held it in Hungary specifically for Orban because Orban has kind of like created this cult of personality in a way to kind of say like, hey, I am fighting for Christian conservative values, um, you know, I'm like anti-gay, all the kind of stuff that people kind of want to hear in terms of certain populist rhetoric, really gasses them up, and um, he just kind of holds it down, and um, he is a part of the EU, but he's definitely like one of those sticky members where it's like he might have his hands kind of in both like jars, both pockets, if you will. Um, so, and, but also too, he gets 60% of his oil from Russia. So, I mean, it is, it is just a simple matter of numbers. You know, it's, you know, as much as I don't, I don't like the guy, um, I do kind of at least see that aspect of it. Like, why are you burning out money on something that war that's not yours? You know? Uh, but that being said, definitely going against the grain with that. Um, so yeah, that about wraps that up. Um, if you go on there, you definitely see a little bit more of the protest pictures and stuff like that. Um, let's see. Moving on to China. I got this from the BBC. Uh, China sends 30 warplanes into Taiwan air defense zone. Um, so I'm kind of using this article as a little bit of a patch. Uh, I didn't talk about Biden's visit to, uh, the, some Chinese, uh, countries, he, you know, made a little bit of a tour, uh, said a lot of stuff. Uh, one of the big things he said, he was asked about if China made a move on um, Taiwan to, you know, actually, you know, become whole, to unify, what would you do? And he said, I would, I would take action. And that was like a really bold thing to say, because, you know, we're supposed to maintain this kind of ambiguity. Like, we're supposed to kind of be like very vaguely, like, you know, open about what we will do to defend Taiwan and it's not really supposed to be actually any anything physical in the military sense but we are just supposed to kind of be helping but Biden's statement really kind of made it seem like he was down to fight down to put boots in the ground um his administration team definitely kind of came out and said hey no it's not like that we're definitely just you know we're maintaining to the store sticking to the script um and China was not happy to hear this um so I guess one of their um kind of maybe tit for tats um is they sent uh fighter jets into this kind of uh it's not a no-fly zone but it's a zone that they're not supposed to be in but it's definitely something that they've boxed before um they have a chart on here from the bbc article and it kind of shows the the ebbs and flows and like let's see in january 2021 like it seemed like in the middle of the month they made a big spike there 
You can see it again a little bit in March, April, looks like a little bit. Um, then also, it seems like in September, there was a lot of incursions, uh, at least post-September of 2021. And, um, you know, it just you see the chart kind of go up and down. So you see them kind of just playing around with it, letting them know that they're there almost in, in a way, kind of showing their superiority. I've seen them, we've talked about them doing this in terms of uh, running their drills uh, with like their their navy, their their ships and stuff. So um, it's not really new, but you know, just something I kind of want to talk about and bring up. Um, I mean, I still personally don't think they're going to make any kind of big bold moves anytime soon. I think with the Russia Ukraine thing, it's not actually the vibe that China wants to put out. That like, hey, we're making like Axis moves type shit. Um, but at the same time, they're not going to be put off or dismayed. Um, let's see. I wanted to do some updates uh, about some of the big shootings. Um, let's see. We have the Buffalo supermarket gunman. Um, he is indicted for indicted on terror hate charge. Um, so, you know, this was the shooting in Buffalo where 10 people were killed at the uh, top supermarket. Uh, the... Uh, shooter in this situation he had like a head mount cam he was doing like a live stream of it um this was planned he had a little manifesto he posted right before um so i mean in new york though there's no death penalty so most likely they're just gonna you know get him for life uh you know if he's convicted which i'm thinking he will um but um they might add on more charges or whatever. Like, uh, let's see what they say in this article. Um, but adding a state terrorism charge could carry an additional emotional resonance and resonance and help authorities send a message about violence extremism. So, um, you know, I, I I don't believe in the death penalty. I do think it's something that you should just get rid of. I think. A life in prison is really shitty and hard enough as it is. Um, and you'd argue even more so than just getting an easy out. And also, this, the way that the death penalty is always carried out, no matter how you go about it, is always barbaric. Uh, but I do understand trying to maximize this situation and, you know, really getting the harshest charge you can in this situation because what he did was just evil. Um, you know, there's no other way around it. Um as well as the other story we're going we're gonna to cover, uh, you know, back to Uvalde. Uh, got this from ABC News. Uh, Uvalde Police School District no longer cooperating with Texas probe of shootings. Uh, sources. So I'll start with the opener here. Uh, the Uvalde Police Department and the Uvalde Independent School District Police Force are no longer cooperating with the Texas Department of Public Safety's investigation into the massacre at Robb Elementary School and the state's review of the law enforcement's response. Uh, Multiple law enforcement uh, sources tell ABC. Uh, The Uvalde police chief and a spokesperson for the Uvalde Independent School District did not immediately respond for requests of ABC News. Um, So it seems like kind of the last thing they really had was... um, the interview, I can't remember the guy's name, I'm sorry, it's like Steve something, yeah, Steve McCraw, um, you know, he more or less said that, you know, their, their entry into the classroom 
their their non-entry, you know, instead of saying they demoted the situation from an active shooter to a barricaded shooter and they didn't make it. There was 19 men outside the door. Um, kids were texting, calling 911. Um, there's even also a situation I didn't get. I haven't been able to get it verified, but I've heard this story multiple times where a police officer told one of the kids, yelled out to, you know, the room to say, hey, you know, if you need, if you're, you know, you're okay or you're, you're alive, whatever, I guess, um, you know, yell help. And they did. And then the shooter actually heard, saw that and shot another kid. Um, it is one of those things where a lot of people are kind of tossing the blame around, pointing fingers. And um, I mean, I think it's really fucking disgusting uh, something I did learn is there's a chain of command that's a little bit different when it comes to campuses and a lot of ch- uh, situations when it comes to police forces, like, you know, statewide. Um, in this situation, the, there's a school police chief and there's like six or so police officers, I believe, that, you know, report directly to this person and he's the chain of command and kind of trumps other forces and law agencies in these these moments um and i think it's said that he allegedly didn't have his phone on during parts of the massacre like it was off um that you know they were just kind of following protocol but it's not really sure who exactly made the call and then um you know there was fbi on the scene there was like i said other law enforcement agencies and they weren't able to make the move until they just i think some of them might have just said fuck it and made the move because they were waiting for like swat um also there's been blame pointed at the teachers uh allegedly like the door was malfunctioned or and or it wasn't locked and or it there was a rock that was propping it open um, that's been later debunked, um, where it's like on camera, where it's like, okay, the door was propped open for a second, and then it was later closed. So that shouldn't have been an issue. Um, it's really sad too, because I, I can see this kind of situation unfolding, sadly, in a weird kind of Sandy Hook way, where you get all of this, this misinformation, if you will, um, and people latch on to whatever story they want and that's the narrative and you just kind of spiral and spiral and spiral it and we wind up talking about this instead of that and um that can be a big issue um i think too especially because it's how do we go forward from this um i I try not to be a reactionary person either way on issues like this but i do feel like it's definitely had me thinking like you know with this and the other one i mean I think last time I checked, uh, and they define this as if you shoot four or more people, it's a mass shooting. So this year alone, it's been over 200, and I I know it's certain it's like over 226 mass shootings just this year. Um, And I know there's so many people out there that's like, well, you can't ban guns. You ban guns, just banning guns for the bad guys, or the good guys. The bad guys will always have guns. They'll get guns. Um... I don't know. There's a part of me that really doesn't believe that. I think that's just something that we say so that we don't f- keep trying to fight this issue. And we don't keep trying to fight with people who are like, well, these are my rats and yada, yada, yada. Um, at the same time, I do also think that you are going to have a hell of a time fighting against the people who do want their guns. Um, and I, I think it is okay to have like 
a handgun, things like that. I just don't think that you need to, at the age of 18, even have an AR-15. Honestly, and you can boost the age of 21, but then what? Then college kids are going to be doing the shootings, or then some? I mean, there's another shooting in a hospital in Tulsa. I don't know if I really want to cover the details, but I believe he killed, like, I think three, four people. Um, it said that he, the main focus for him was the doctor because he was having back issues and pain issues. And I guess the doctor couldn't help him. Um, I mean, this shit goes on and on and on. Um, I mean, meanwhile, we have been arming teachers. Um, I know it's something that we've been doing in Ohio. It's not new. Um, I'm sure we're only going to do more of it. Um, I don't know. Also, the logic of making, like, a gun box and then having, like, certain teachers that you don't know. It's an unknown thing. But they'll have access to said gun box. And um, there'll be fully loaded weapons in there. Just hanging out. (laughs) Just got to open it. (laughs) Now, granted, I mean, it's not an easy thing. I think it's, like, a lock code and, like, you know, fingerprint thing, whatever. But still, that's a scary notion, man. Um, I don't know. I I do believe – and the thing that that sucks, too, is it's not like you can just whip up one law and then you'll fix it. Like I said before in in a a previous episode where the one gun ban that we had, it was good. I think it did a lot of good things. Um, you could see it in statistics, but it didn't do enough. Um, I think you really do have to go with like the Swiss cheese approach and really get a lot of laws that kind of are maybe quote unquote light, but really do something like the red flag laws, uh, like the background checks. Um, and you really got to come up with more things like that and really stack them. Um, but the more that happens, the more the right, the more the conservatives are going to fight for it. Hell, and sometimes it's not even just conservatives. I have plenty of friends, varying backgrounds and political affiliations that support gun ownership. And I get it. I'll say it again. I don't hate guns. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a guy who's been shooting. I would probably go shooting again. Um, but that being said, I do get the fear of guns. I've sh- shot them. And I, it's one of those things where like, I do it for a day. I want to put that shit down. I don't really want to do it for a while, for real. Um... And also, it is a scary thing to think about. Uh, I mean, once again, another story I didn't co- cover. Um, locally, there was a shooting at a, it's called Bridgewater area. Um, it's like Fairfield Township. Um, I don't know why I'm being so specific, but I mean, hey, this is news. Uh, but there was a person who was shoplifting. He shot and killed a security guard and a customer who was trying to, like, you know, help out and stop the situation. Um and crazy shit. I mean, that's a, that's an area, that's a Walmart I, I've been to. That's an area I've been to. Uh, you know, I went there to get some, you know, little hoochie daddy shorts. So, I mean, it, it's it's stuff that it does sit into your mind when when this these acts of violence happen. And you don't want to get caught up in it. And that's the fear. That's the terror part. Um, that's our own backyard. And that's not some country far, far away. It's not Ukraine. That's not, you know... I don't know. It's not. It's, it's it's not Gaza Strip. It's here. So I do feel like doing something is good, and I don't think the Ohio approach that we have is really great. I don't think the Texas approach is really great. I think doing more is always going to be better. Um, but yeah, I mean that's my little rant. That's my little spiel on guns. Um, now let's talk BTS, baby. Um, got this from the. I got this from the BPR. No, I'm sorry. The NPR. 
um, K-pop stars, BTS, went to the White House to talk about the anti-Asian hate crimes. Um, I just thought this was cute. Um, it just, I love when, like, our, um, you know, musicians, big names do these White House appearances. And this one's even cooler because it's for a good message. Um, you know, we've had a lot of hate um, in our country against Asian people. We've covered on this podcast. Um, so it is cool to see crazy moments on the internet, like on Twitter. And like, I'll just see like a BTS member, like come out with a tweet and they're like, all of a sudden BTS fans and BTS fans are crazy. I'm just going to say it crazy in, in, in good ways, crazy and bad and this way, a good way. But like, I remember during like, there was some like BLM stuff that was happening last year and BTS like made some tweets, started some movements to like flip the script on some hashtags and that shit was really cool. So uh, they definitely, in my opinion, deserve to be in the White House. Um, seeing Biden welcome him, welcome them in. I, I got a quick shot of it when I was at work. Um, he did like the grandpa welcome. I don't know if you've ever seen this, where like you beckon people inside your home from the steps and like you're welcoming with both hands. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it's just like that's old people behavior. And I was like, <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's wholesome. Um, so they did a presser. Um, they had a good quote from Suga, uh, one of the members. Um, it is not wrong to be different. Equality begins when we open up and embrace all of our differences, which I fucking agree with. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's going to be it for the episode. Um, I know there's definitely going to be more. Um, I will for sure cover the Depp, um, Amber Heard, um, verdict. Um, I know that dropped and I was like, I'm itching, I'm itching to talk about it for sure. But I think I'll save it for the next episode. Probably going to be on Sunday. Um, so yeah. Um, until then, I will see you later. Actually, you know, I'm going to end it on the, uh, you know, the classic format, the classic way on a break. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so if you could, I got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, check that out. Um, throw a dollar, any amount helps. Um, $5 will get you, um, discord access. Also get you a shout out on the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'll say your name. I'll talk about maybe an issue you want to talk about, or just, you know, tag whatever thing you're doing, you know, whatever. Um, let's see. Gmail.com. So that's one is the way to reach me if you'd like. Um, also I got socials. If you'd like to find those on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, So yeah, I will see you soon for some more good news, I hope. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Mwah.